You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore dadam. Well, I'm not going to sit here and insult you by taking up any more time than I need to and pretending that you're here to listen to me. You know what today's about. Today is essentially Victory Monday 2.0. And if I'm being honest, for many people, this is probably better than Victory Monday because Victory Monday is celebrating that the Green Bay Packers once again, like almost literally every week, the Packers won, (laughs) which is crazy. But again, we'll, we'll, we'll deal with that on Victory Monday. Laughing at the enemy day is celebrating that everybody else lost. And I think that's kind of swell. There's no, real, um, there's no real order to this. There's no hard and fast rules. But generally, if it's a team that we either don't like or really want to lose or just a fan base I feel like making fun of, we're going to highlight that today. And um, for those that are new around here, we're not going to do that by me simply laughing at them. Oh, no, that's, that's fine. And I could have a lot of fun just making fun of these teams. No, no question about it. But we're going to listen to those teams, content creators, as their brains break, having just witnessed disaster. Because I'm kind of sick like that. (laughs) So I think what I want to do, because I don't feel like spending the time organizing these in terms of um, teams I hate the most and ending with the NFC North and all that kind of stuff. I'll try to end with the NFC North, but whatever. I'm generally just going to go in order of when the games happened. With that in mind, skipping the Detroit Lions, first on the docket is the Dallas Cowboys. Just to get everybody caught up to speed that might have uh, forgot, the Dallas Cowboys fell to the Las Vegas Raiders 36-33. to Now, remember, the Dallas Cowboys coming into, geez, probably roughly their bye week, so they played through week six, had a bye week seven. They were one of the top teams in football. They were five and one. They ended up six and one after their bye week. Um, they had the number one offense in terms of points and yards. They're still number two in, in terms of offense. Um, but their defense was also ranked really, really high, but that's continued to fall. After going six and one, they are now seven and four, which is to say they're one and three in the last four weeks. So Cowboys fans, as you could expect, are not doing well. The first clip I want to play for you, generally what I'm looking for is people who are having a meltdown. This guy here, and I always like to plug the channels because, you know, it's all fun to make fun of them, but these guys, they all work hard and everything else. So um, if you have any inkling for whatever to go support the guys, uh, please do so. 
But the first clip is not necessarily somebody drop kicking their television, which is what I'm usually looking for. But he makes a really good point, and that is, maybe this team just sucks. This game right here, man. You know, there was a lot of talk about us being fool's gold, about the Cowboys being fool's gold, and we should, I, in my opinion, we probably shouldn't have been close to this football team. I don't see the Raiders as as good of a football team as we were in my mind. So maybe the problem is my mind. Because that game, you know, I mean, I can't tell you anybody that had, had a good game other than probably Pollard with the, with the, with the, uh, with the run back, but everybody else, no. So again, a little bit more calm than I generally like, but uh, the, the essence is there. Um, and I, I love the way that he phrased it. This team didn't do as well as I thought they should in my brain, in my mind. Maybe the problem is my mind. That is to say, maybe they're not as good as I thought they were. The uh, next video I want to bring up, this is Mark Holmes. I had Mark Holmes on, uh, not, I don't think I did one last week, but the week before when I did the Dallas Cowboys losing, Mark Holmes was on here, and, and he, he just has like house parties. So um, the audio is always him talking and then a bunch of people in the background. But this is, this is their live stream. So I'm kind of just poaching the live stream, and I'm starting before the game is officially over. There, there's been a couple fun little nuggets in there, but now... So what happened with the Cowboys game is it went into overtime, 33-33. to The Dallas Cowboys got the ball first. I think they might have gone three and out. It was real early, um, and it was bad because it was a third down, and the guy dropped the ball. And so they punted and uh, gave the Raiders fairly good field position. I think there was a penalty in there or something which pushed them back. I don't know exactly where, but it's, it's at the point when you're realizing you probably lost this game. Um, when you've given up already 33 points and now you've got to depend on your defense to win you the game and the other team who's run all over your defense um, doesn't have very far to go and all they got to do is kick a field goal and they win the game, you start to feel bad. So let's get a couple fun little clips here. At this particular point, and again, I don't, I'll, I'll refresh your memory as to what's happening and I'm reliving it as I'm watching this. And it's been probably about four or five minutes of silence. <laughs> The uh, the Cowboys got a sack on second down to make it third and 18. Carr launched a deep pass. It was incomplete, but a flag was thrown for pass interference. So the, the excitement that was here suddenly fell to a crushing realization that the game is over. Then there was that whole exchange of the field goals. There was a field goal. I think they called a timeout. Then there was a penalty on the Raiders. They got pushed back. Then there was a penalty on Dallas. They gave it right back. Then there was another penalty on Dallas, which gave them a first down, meaning they technically could bring their offense back out and try to keep moving, or they can continue to kick a field goal. So I can't just play his silence as much as that's been just, um, I hate to say satisfying, but satisfying. It's also a little bit sad because I've been there, and I know the feeling, and it's not great, but it's it's the Cowboys. So, But this is this is the first time he's said words in quite a while. It's like I'm dying like three or four times here. <laughs> So that was him waiting for the the end result that everybody knew was coming, and it took five minutes for them to just actually see their team lose. And then there was another probably three to four to five minutes of just complete silence. He took a shot, slapped his microphone away, 
the other guys are talking in the back room and he's just background and he's just sitting with his head in his hands. But uh, finally, when he speaks, here's here's what he had to say. This is like a Jason Garrett loss, where you know you, you get you get teased, you get close. This is one of those ones where you got teased all game, and it was a bad game. But you can see the difference of having Amari Cooper and C.D. Lamb in there. That hurts. The defense went backwards. We had we had you know call after call after call. I mean, my God, was there six pass interference calls against us? Um, we still had a chance to win the game. I know the Eagle Trolls come on out, have fun with it. And those are saying, that, oh, well, Dak's up. Now, you know what? Nobody has perfect game. You know, I'm sitting here looking at this. Oh, no, no, hold on. Understand. I, I, there's some questions that you have to have on, on some of the stuff that we did. One, exchanging the offensive line. I, I've never seen us, seen a team ever before, literally changing offensive linemen by series. Continuity-wise, you never get continuity on the offensive line. Y'all ain't listen. Y'all just trolling. Choke on that turkey. Okay. I have not been able to stop laughing. This guy is trying his hardest to pour his heart out, to try to have perspective. I clipped out a part. <laughs> I clipped it out because I figured nobody would want to listen to it, but he's trying to he's trying to process this loss, and I've, I've been there. I don't usually live stream losses, but I've been there like doing the podcast right after where you're trying to process things and have perspective like in real time while you're just really not in a good mood. And his buddy's asking, is this t-shirt for sale? And he's just like, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know, man. And then he's trying to, you know, talk about the game. He's trying to talk about the offensive line. He's trying to give analysis. And uh, he, he late, right after that last clip that you heard, he grabbed the camera and he said, look at this. And he showed the feed and it was, he said, I can't even read it because it's going so fast. The comments were coming in so fast. And every other comment was like, clown, fly, eagles, fly. But when he said, choke on that turkey, <laughs> he's trying to be serious. He's trying to have perspective. He later did, and he's, you know, like, you know, we got it. Next week's a new week, et cetera, et cetera. But he's, <laughs> as he's trying to process this brutal loss, having taken probably 15 shots, I watched him take about six. Somebody just says, yeah, choke on that turkey, which is such a stupid, such a stupid slam. Oh, I don't know. Maybe you didn't enjoy I thought that was absolutely hilarious. <laughs> he was so mad. It's like, I'm trying. You guys aren't even listening. Anyways, next on the list, we've got Dallas Cowboys fan 1980. This guy was also on the list last week. He's a character, to, uh, to, you know, talks about himself in the third person. So when he says 1980, he's talking about himself. But here's 1980 talking about the game. Oh! It was embarrassing. I said, what am I watching? What team is this? Who are the coaches? Remember, remember, remember when they were talking about Kellen Moore, talking about him going to a different team and somebody scooping him up? After these losses, I don't think so. No, I don't think so. I, I, I haven't watched one press conference for what? When we lost last week, that press guy supposed to got all mad. I ain't even watched that press conference. There was no need. I'm tired of press conferences. They don't do anything. 
They don't help to see Mike McCarthy get his ass up there and say the same shit. To see Dak Prescott get up there and say the same shit. Ezekiel Elliott, I can keep going down the list. Press conferences don't help. They don't win ball games. You, me, t- you telling me what I already know. What can they tell me different that I haven't just watched? <laughs> they got cameras going off all the little Rudy reporters asking questions with their little recorders in the air and shit. Like he gonna say something different. I, I, I just, I, what, I, what I do, what I am anxious to hear is him to go ahead and say, hey man, we gotta this kid. Oh no, he ain't gonna say that. He ain't gonna, he, he's not gonna get up there and say, hey man, you know what? We gotta this kid. I would. I got you know what, dog? Hey, I, they probably fire me the next day, but hey man, we got let me tell you what, if 1980 was on the press, was on the on the, on the podium, I'm gonna call a no no, let me call a pulpit. If y'all been to church, you know what a pulpit is. If 1980's on the pulpit, on the podium, whatever you wanna call it, I said, you know what, dog? Dallas Cowboys was where? They were seven and one. We were seven and one after losing that first game of the season with the Buccaneers, you know. Okay, cool. We were seven and one. They, there were talks in the media, not 1980. Don't get it twisted. There were talks in the media about the Dallas Cowboys going to the Super Bowl. The media was saying this. Not 1980. I got to keep saying that because you got those fans out there. They say, oh, Dallas Cowboys fans are delusional. I didn't say that. I'm just saying there were talks of us having the potential of being a Super Bowl contender. When we were seven and one, where did that talk go? It's out the window now. So, if 1980, if 1980, in a press conference, I'm the head coach of this football team, I'm going to own up to everything that we haven't done. Like, we, we were 7 and 1. But ever since the Denver game that I went live on, and I told every single jabroni in the comment section, I said that was a cheat sheet on how this, how to defeat. How, no, 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 not defeat. How to deflate. Have you ever let an air out of a balloon with helium in it? When the helium is in that balloon, it's just a float. And, 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 and when the next day you come in there, that balloon is still floating, right? The balloon is still floating. And then, the, and then another day passes, that balloon is sitting a little lower. It's sitting a little lower, guys. The Dallas Cowboys are a damn balloon waiting to explode, waiting to run out of air. Waiting to run out of air. They are now seeping, seeping, just like a flat tire, a, a tire that's got a slow leak. You got to keep putting air in it just to keep it, uh, uh, you know, keep it going. Because you don't want to buy that new tire. You don't want to pay $100, $200 for a new tire. So you just keep putting air in it every time you check the pressure, it's going to make it low. But we're, we're that seeping balloon that we done got in a birthday party or something like that or a baby shower or something like that. And every day, every day that balloon is just getting lower and lower until you decide to just bust them up. You're like, man, for the pop, I'm gonna just pop it, man, because I'm tired. I'm tired of the balloon just sitting here in limbo, in limbo. The Dallas Cowboys have been in limbo since seven and one. Oh man, we got injuries. Don't worry about it. Other teams got injuries too. I'm tired of that excuse. Tired of it. I'm tired of it. Because other teams in the NFL got injuries too. And they're finding ways to win games. Last night was a stupid way to lose. I really wanted them to name drop the Packers right there. I really wanted them to say, hey, Packers got injuries. They keep winning, but 
even if he knew, which I don't know if he knows or not, he ain't gonna, he ain't gonna, I mean, maybe he would. It's one of the benefits of doing this is they're a little bit more open when they're talking to their own fans. But again, it's, it's, it's meltdown mode. And we've, so we've listened to three different people. The first guy told us, maybe this team isn't as good as I thought. The last guy, 1980, gave a very long and drawn out analogy, but it was an apt analogy. They're like that balloon you get at a birthday party that's floating, but every day it just keeps getting lower and lower and lower. And eventually you get to the point where you say, you know what, just pop the stupid thing. Let's just get it over with. I don't know if Cowboys fans are there yet. They still have a talented offense. I'm sure they still have a lot of hope, but they're getting close. And if and when the point comes where this team does just completely fall in on itself, they're going to want to pop it. And by pop it, I mean fire everybody, get rid of this garbage team, whatever. Not saying it's the right thing, but it's what's going to happen, and it's going to be funny to watch. All right, that took a long time. We got some other teams to get through. I've got some other channels I'd want to list for the for the Cowboys, but some of these guys are a little long-winded, and I don't want to stop randomly in the middle of an analogy. So it's like, all right, well, let, let's wrap this up, man. So we'll move on to the next team. And I think I'm going to move on to the New Orleans Saints. I don't, I don't know how interesting this is to a lot of people, but considering the Saints absolutely obliterated us in week one and embarrassed us, and also there's fear on my part of the Saints being the team that knock us out of the playoffs because that's just the tradition, um, I like when they lose. And I like when they lose in spectacular fashion. I like that they're continuing to crumble. I love that the Bills beat them 31-6. to six. That needs to continue. So it's twofold. Number one, Please continue to be bad. If you wouldn't mind missing the playoffs entirely so that curse is just done with, that'd be great. Secondarily, stick it for what you did to us week one. Just stick it real hard, all right? It's kind of like when the Vikings beat us and it felt bad that week. And then the very next week, we're back on track. We have the better record. We are the number one team in football and the Vikings just lost and everyone's laughing at them. That's kind of where I'm at with the Saints, but I just want to keep sticking them over and over and over again. One for every touchdown that they beat us by. So they're going to get stuck a lot. <laughs> but um, this is a, a, a new one. I don't think I've had these guys on before, but it's an interesting dynamic. We've got three guys. It sounds like they're talking about a lot of different things. It's a Saints podcast. It's New Orleans Saints on NOLA.com. So NOLA.com would be like the website, the newspaper, whatever you want to call it. So it's it's got a more professional vibe to it. Uh, they're talking about betting and a bunch of other different things, but there's two guys on the end. There's the guy on the right, Zach, who's sort of the moderator. He's the one that's kind of leads into this stuff. Then you got Devin all the way on the left. Those two guys seem to want to have a professional newspaper vibe. The guy in the middle, Jim, that's me. That's that's just your general fan slash creator that has no interest in decorum whatsoever. And it is a hilarious time. And, and, and again, I've watched about five minutes, and that's about it. This is a 53-minute video. I've watched five minutes. That's just the dynamic I'm gathering, and I love it. Because you got Jim in the middle who's just whining and complaining and doing what general fans do after an embarrassing loss. And it's, it's not just like everybody piling on and being like, yeah, 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 or just flat out. It's awkward because <laughs> it's just not proper, I guess. I don't know, but it's it's... There's hilarious, awkward silences, but I just want to play this exchange for you because it is hilarious. Um, just a little bit of background, although you can probably figure it out based on the context of the conversation, but um, the Saints lost. They're in the process of still trying to figure out who their quarterback is. This particular week, they went with Trevor Simeon. Trevor Simeon um, is, uh, let's see, he's almost 30, which I guess shouldn't be too surprising. He's been around for a long time, but he has played five games 
for the uh, the Saints, eight weeks 8, 9, 10, 11, and 12. This was his second worst performance with a 50 overall grade. He was pretty bad. And there's talks about um, starting a new quarterback next week. But uh, anyways, that's kind of the context. I'm going to let this run out a little bit. Jim, how how those Buffalo picks work out for you on Sunday? As well as Trevor Simeon worked out for the New Orleans Saints. Yeah, I, well, that's a pretty good analogy, although... Trevor Simeon has had a couple of good weeks before that, which I don't know we can say the same for you. So, Trevor Simeon yeah, hasn't had a good week in his life since he was born. You got him rolling his eyes already. The man graduated from Northwestern, man. How can you say he hasn't had a good week in his life? Oh, I'm sorry. He probably got a 30 on his ACT. Good for him. Yeah, well, all right. If you couldn't quite catch it, that last little mumble was him going, oh, all right. <laughs> oh, the awkwardness was just hilarious. And the whole, I, I listened to a little bit more. They kind of went on for a while and talked about different picks for different games. Um, and I was going to play the other guy who was having a little bit more of an optimistic take on things. But um, the only reason it was funny is because the whole time the guy in the middle is just rolling his eyes. Like, <laughs> he is, I want to just hear him talk about the Saints. But then they moved on to uh, picks for other games. I was like, all right, forget it. So I thought that was great. <laughs> so it's... Again, you've got your your professional fans, the professional uh, media types that uh, want to keep it professional. We probably wouldn't know much about that here in Green Bay because our quote-unquote professional media is limited to about four guys. Um, the biggest names in Packers media are anything but professional. They may as well just be angry bloggers like the rest of us, but um, that's a separate issue. Anyways, I want to throw one more in here. This is State of the Saints podcast, uh, just kind of giving an overview. He just got done reading off the stats and how horrible they were, and he's going to give us a little bit of a rundown of where this, well, what is the state of the Saints. And again, it's nice because it gives you a, a full picture view because we're over here focused on the Packers, and it's like, I think the Saints are bad, right? Let's tune in and find out how the Saints are doing since they beat us in week one. That's not winning football. Uh, the more things change, the more they stay the same. Uh, Trevor Simeon, uh, <laughs> I don't know, man, for three quarters. They do absolutely nothing until the fourth quarter. They finally, you know, go out there and try to uh, put up points in garbage time. It's like the same old song and dance over the last three weeks. Uh, you know, Trevor Simeon, the Saints offense play bad until teams start to get soft with the coverage and def- on defense, and that's when they start to score. You know, I, I said a couple uh, shows back that, you know, I thought that Trevor Simeon, the Saints could win with this guy. And I'm here to tell you today that I was absolutely wrong. Um, Trevor Simeon is terrible. I mean, he, he's awful. Like, he not he he's one of those guys that, you know, he can give you serviceable quarterback play, but he can't do it consistently. Like, if the Saints needed him to go out there for one game, maybe even two, he can go out there and muster up something in order for them to win. But for him to be a starter game in, game out, week in, week out, it's not going to work, okay? Um, I will definitely uh, concede to that, you know? I never can, never will be one of those people that won't admit when they feel like they're wrong. I was absolutely wrong with that. You know, I just thought that the guy could make some throws, but, I mean, he is not, he is not a good quarterback. And you're not going to sustain success with him being the quarterback. I mean, he's he's scared of pressure. I mean, it's simple. Like, anybody is in his face at all. Like, not even close to getting to him. 
Like if he moves around left or moves around right, he probably can get out the situation. But anytime a guy gets close to him on defense, a defensive player gets close to him, he, he panics. He tries to throw the ball away. He tries to throw the ball like in all type of weird ways. Or he just kind of gets in that fetal position and takes the sack. And, you know, look, I'm not saying that, oh, he got to be out here scrambling around like Lamar Jackson. But you have to be able to stand strong in the pocket and also move around in the pocket a little bit, okay? But this guy just absolutely, he's afraid of pressure. I mean, he, he, he wasn't accurate in his game. It was one pass that Jawan Johnson was wide open on third down, like right in front of his face. And instead, I mean, the defender was like, wasn't even really too close to him to a point where he couldn't deliver the ball to Johnson. But he was so nervous, he ended up going down. Falling down to the ground. There was another play where he had Marquez Callaway uh, down the right sidelines. I mean, he could have delivered that pass. It would have been a first down. He overthrew him. It was a pass with Lil Jordan Humphreys. He overthrew him. He had a pass with Deontay Harris. He threw it behind him, and Deontay Harris couldn't, Harris couldn't secure the pass. The Saints, I mean, look, I, I think we all can admit, okay, we all can admit the Saints not going to the playoffs. I mean, it's just that simple. Like, nothing today, tonight, has shown me that the Saints are going to make the playoffs. They're way behind the eight ball. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen of the jury. You heard it from a Saints fan himself, which is also why, by the way, on a week-to-week -week basis, you shouldn't panic. In week one, you shouldn't panic. Even just last week, losing to the Vikings. It's painful in the moment, but it's better to keep a big picture view. Think about how many of us acted after week one, myself included. Now, some of it was somewhat rational because it was such a bad game. And being worried about the defensive performance and Joe Barry and all that is warranted. That was the first time I became nervous. But you know what? It's week one. And as we sit right now, the Green Bay Packers are one of the best teams in football, comfortably sitting in a bye week. And the only team that took it to us and just beat the living daylights out of the Green Bay Packers is now sitting here, the guy's chuckling, talking about the prospect of them even getting to the playoffs, just chuckling about it. Like, let's be serious about this now. It's over. It's completely over. And I, and I think with the Saints, it's one of those things where when you lose a quarterback, you can have a lot of other things working well. And if you have a, a halfway decent, competent uh, quarterback, maybe you can try to pull something out. But you're fighting and you're fighting and you're fighting and you're you're trying and you know you're trying to just hold yourself up. But at some point, you're you're gonna fall off. And uh, the dam broke for the Saints. It just broke. Anyways, uh, we've only got. Let's see. I'm not sure how many more teams I want to do. I probably won't do the Eagles. They don't matter that much. Although Eagles fans will probably get super rowdy. And they lost to a division rival. And they lost seven to thirteen. We might have to do the Eagles. We'll try to do a quick Eagles one. I probably won't do the Panthers, although it would be satisfying for me. Nobody else really cares. Obviously, I have to do Rams if I can find a single. I tried to do the Rams once before. I could not find a single podcast. I mean, there are a couple YouTube channels, but they weren't any good. So hopefully we'll get lucky and find an angry Rams fan. Maybe the Seahawks. Kind of a similar. I know one Seahawks YouTuber, and he's not going to flip a lid. But after that, it'll be um, Lions and Vikings, and we'll call it. But before we do that... Patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy is where you can support this here podcast. Would be greatly appreciated if you could do so. Again, I know it's the holidays. Um, I've kind of just conceded that this is not a good time right now. The numbers just continue to, to dwindle with the holiday. And I get it, man. I'm feeling it too. Like I'm not really listening to much. I'm even having a hard time just doing the podcast. I don't know. I'm just, I'm in that, 
Like I'm still trying to settle into winter and the darkness and the cold. And then you got Thanksgiving and it's like, I'm still halfway in a food coma and you got Christmas coming up. And so that means exciting things, but also stress. And we got to do shopping and money's kind of tight because we're spending probably more than we should on buying kids crap that they don't need. So there's just, there's a lot going on right now. I, I completely understand. But if you wouldn't mind coming on back, <laughs> just come on back to me. You're going to come back eventually. Don't wait until January. Don't wait until the playoffs. Just come on back now. We'll get through this winter together. By the way, Patreon, I forgot to say thank you to Sean for upping his pledge, but um, we once again are moving backwards because every time there's a new month, there's a group of people who are like, I ain't paying this dude anymore. So we're back down to 272. Still hoping to get to 300, let's say, before the new year. Christmas present, a dollar a month. Think it over. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing. But they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And now the Seahawks find themselves in a really bad spot historically. They have only had a 3-8 and eight record or worse five times in their existence, Rob. 1976 and 1977, their first two years in the league when they were an expansion team. 1992, when they had Dan McGuire and a bunch of other quarterbacks trying to get the job done and their offense is one of the worst I've ever seen. And 2008, the end of Mike Holmgren's reign, a bunch of injuries, a very old roster that was really struggling. It just It's crazy to think that this Seahawks team, with the talent that they have, is sitting in the same company as those four other teams. But that's where we're at. That's the reality. As Parcells said, you are what your record says you are. And the Seahawks are a bad football team at 3-8. and eight. So I got to admit, that's pretty staggering what he had said. I, I 
talked about the Seahawks. I don't know if it was yesterday or the day before, but when I saw their record at three and eight, and he he kind of started this off. I clipped it out because it was he rambled about some other stuff for a while, but I think he said third worst team in the NFC period. And when I looked at them again yesterday, day before, whatever it was, and saw that, I said I need to look at them being three like that. That three and eight is one of the worst teams in football. Now. I wish I could just jump on this and take credit and say, see, I told you so. Um, but it, it it is still a little bit surprising. I mean, I guess it shouldn't be because they are, I mean, he talks about the talent. Dude, what talent? I know you got a quarterback and I know you got a couple of decent wide receivers. whoop de frickin' do I mean, seriously, you, you have a horrific offensive line, no tight ends, no real running back, and the defense from top to bottom is just kind of bad with the exception of maybe like two guys that are 500 years old that just don't really have it anymore. And so, you know, I've been talking about this slide for a long time. Pretty much since I started this podcast, I've been talking about how the Seahawks are just going to continue to get worse. And I've been surprised at how they're able to maintain themselves. And what's interesting is I kind of talked, I just talked about it with the Saints. The Saints didn't really have the talent. It was all kind of fake. I guess the way you could describe it is imagine you're running a race and, and you're running, let's just say it's a mile. Me, you, and a couple other people decide we're going we're gonna to run a mile. Now, each individual person with their own aptitudes and abilities to run a mile should be doing things slightly differently. I'm not super in shape. I know I can run a mile, but it's going to be very uncomfortable. The best thing for me to do would be to take off jogging and just make it as quick as I can. See if I can get like an eight or nine minute mile or something. I don't know. Just jo- It's jogging speed, right? Let's say there's another guy, though, that's that's running with us that's in shape and can actually run a mile, like just, you know, actually running. Now, if I want to pretend that I can win this race, I may take off to start off with and keep pace with this person. So you can see the first maybe quarter mile, maybe, where let's just say it's neck and neck. But at the end of the day, I don't have what it takes to continue that pace. And I think that's what you saw with the Saints. They came out swinging as hard as they possibly could, but they don't really have it. It's fake. It's not real. They're not that good, and we're seeing it now. The Seahawks kind of have had that, but with a more year-to-year look. I've been saying, I don't know why they're not sliding, and there's been slight slides, and usually it comes like in the postseason where they just don't have anything left anymore. But I'm, I'm always surprised how they make it to the playoffs every year. They continue to play well. They continue to have good records. You can see a couple of the cracks, but they just continue to win, and it always surprised me. It seems like instead of the the decline that I expected, which is a slow, gradual decline downward, the Seahawks have been propped up, right? They, they essentially have been sprinting for that half a mile, being massively out of shape, and they made it as far as they could possibly make it with the guys that they have, and then collapsed. Because this is pathetic, and you, you heard him say, I mean, what did he say, five times in their entire history? Two of those times were were their first two years in the league, so you can almost just throw that out. But just think how long the Seahawks were just a bad, irrelevant team. And you're telling me this is one of the worst seasons ever with Russell Wilson and DK? And, And I know I said they don't have a lot of talent, but still, they still have one of the best quarterbacks in football. They still have one of the top wide receivers. You would think that accounts for something. I mean, at least be a six win team or something. But three and eight. They've gone 0-3 their last three weeks, and you know you say, okay, well, you lost to Green Bay, that's, you know, that's Green Bay, and then you lost to Arizona, well, that's Arizona. Yeah, but then you just lost to Washington. You got the 49ers coming up, that's probably a loss. You got the Houstons, that should be a win, that'll bring you to four. The Rams, that's a loss. The Bears, I, I don't know. 
should be a win. Detroit should be a win. And then Arizona's a loss. Let's say you beat, let's say you beat the 49ers, the Texans, the Bears, and the Lions. That's four wins. That's still seven wins total. That's seven and ten on a massive win streak. And again, what we know historically about the Seahawks is they don't get stronger as the season goes on, especially when the whole season has been terrible. So maybe they get to seven wins, maybe they pull off eight wins, but this is this is bad. And if they if they lose some of these easy games coming up, because obviously the, the first half was a more difficult schedule. Colts, Titans, Vikings, 49ers, Rams, Steelers, Saints, Jaguars, and then they just had Packers, Cardinals, Washington. And then moving forward, you got 49ers, who they already beat once, Houston, uh, Chicago, Detroit, right? Aside from LA and, and, and Arizona, and even the Rams are, are certainly not a guarantee to win the game. The Rams haven't been doing very well. And um, it's a divisional game. Those Again, those are always, you never know. But that is pretty staggering. And, um, you know, it's interesting how nobody ever talks about wasting Russell Wilson's career. You know, the, the Packers have done a good job of drafting. Not every year. There, were some, there was a dark period under Ted Thompson where things weren't going well. Um, I think Mike McCarthy more so wasted Aaron Rodgers' career um, more than Ted Thompson did. Certainly more than Gutekunst has, because Gutekunst has not wasted his career. He's he's gone in pretty heavily on on bringing in free agents and drafting well. But um, everything that you could say about wasting Aaron Rodgers' career that isn't probably true is 100% true with Russell Wilson. But you probably don't hear about it because they they seem more aggressive. You know, the first round, or I think DK was the second round, but you know they're, they're taking big swings at wide receiver. You know, they neglect offensive line, but nobody cares about that in the media. None of the fans care about offensive line. That's boring. If you draft a guard, nobody's going to say you're going all in. Oh, you get wide receivers, man. Go yeah, draft Rashad Penny, a running back. That's going all in, man. Go get Jadavian Clowney and free agents. Get, don't get guys that are good. Get big names. Don't get guys like Zadarius Smith. Get Jadavian Clowney. Don't get guys like Jair Alexander. Get Rashad Penny. <laughs> good Lord. It's crazy because Bears fans want pace gone. And and that's fair, despite the fact that he's a much better drafting GM than um, than John Schneider. By the way, I am, I am curious about something. I've been down on John Schneider for a long time, but I'm reading a little note here that says head coach has personnel authority. I guess that would mean like who plays and who doesn't, which makes sense. But if, if it has anything to do with bringing guys in, that's that's crazy because they've been terrible. But John Schneider, I, I, he's just, he's so bad. He's so awful at his job, and nobody calls him out. That's the biggest reason I can't stop talking about it. Nobody calls out John Schneider. And even when I have in the past, I'm guessing if I did it today, nobody's... When I would do my YouTube videos and talk about how John Schneider is trash, when I do my draft videos, people come out and be like, you're an idiot. You don't know what you're talking about. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. I'm 100% positive that I'm correct on this. Seahawks fans loved him. Everybody else, even Packer fans, because Schneider is an old Packer guy. Like, y'all, you, you, you don't know what you're talking about. He's, he's actually a really good GM. No, he's not. But you have the Seahawks keep winning. And as long as the team's winning, the GM must be good. Because that's how narrow-minded people are. That's how unbelievably shallow people think. Team good, GM good. Team bad, GM bad. No, no, that's, that's, not, that's not entirely correct. But now, with all this happening, and, and again, that, everything that we say about the Packers should have been said about Seattle, but for some reason it's just never said about Seattle, and I, I'm not entirely sure why. But Russell Wilson has been demanding to be off this team pretty much every year, right? He said he wanted to be off, he wanted to leave, he wanted to go to New York for his wife's career, whatever, blah, blah, blah. 
they end up giving him a massive contract and it's like, all right, so that's all it was about. He just wanted more money. Well played. Then it was this past year. Apparently he doesn't want to be there anymore. He wants to be traded. Nobody's talking about trash team, trash coach, trash GM, trash organization, make Russell happy. You guys have wasted his career. This is unacceptable. How could you do this? You haven't done anything to help his team. Nobody's talking about that. It's just a crazy news story that he says he wants to leave. That's interesting. I wonder what Seattle will do. Well, apparently he's been unhappy with Seattle. That's the rumor that nobody's reporting on outside of, you know, Seattle. Certainly isn't massive news that everybody talks about. I doubt you know, when I do interviews with other people every single week, every single day, I'm being asked, what's going on with Rodgers? Is he coming back next year? Is he unhappy? You know, all that. I doubt creators for the Seattle Seahawks field those questions, although they may start again. Because the question is, if he was unhappy last year, how is he possibly going to be happy now? If he's been trying to force his way off this team, if that's real, which it started to feel real this past year, because he's obviously not asking for more money. He just got paid. And he still is one of the best in football. The, the, the bigger question is, is Seattle finally going to cave? Because this team is trash, and they're not going anywhere. And so I, in my mind, you got two options. You fire Pete Carroll, you fire John Schneider, you move in a new direction, an entirely new direction. And the question is, is Russ a part of that direction? It probably should be, but, but there, there are also possibilities where a new regime comes in. And the new regime always wants to put their own stamp on things. And the number one thing you can do if you're, if you're a brand new flashy, splashy GM is you want to get your own quarterback. You want to be able to have your guy. Now, maybe not when you have Russell Wilson, but if you come in and he says, I'm sorry, I just do not want to be here anymore. I don't trust this process. I don't want to be part of a rebuild. It's not impossible that you can flash, you know, 700 first round picks in a new GM's face and say, go get your own quarterback and rebuild this team in your image that they wouldn't be willing to do it. It's an interesting dynamic to keep, a, keep, uh, keep an eye on. But at the very least, the thing that I love here, despite the Cardinals suddenly becoming a good team, is that the NFC West, which has tormented the Packers for a very long time, is seemingly imploding. The Seattle Seahawks are done. The 49ers, the whole sh- you know spiel, the whole gimmick of them being a good team seems to be done. We'll see if, if their new quarterback can ever materialize in anything. If he can, maybe it'll be something, but they're not very good. And the Rams have seemingly imploded, and as we know, they've given away all their picks. They've they've given away everything, so their ability to get better over time is severely diminished. Anyways, um, speaking of the Rams, let's do this now. Um, the problem with Rams, the Rams, is that they're in Los Angeles, and people in Los Angeles are not like people in Philadelphia or Chicago or New York. They're, from what I can tell, and it seems to be my understanding of LA in general, is they're just they're not angry. I mean, they might be angry in certain things, whatever, but I'm looking at their YouTube channels and they're just, they're very soft-spoken and everything's fine and they're almost kind of like whispering. There was another video of a guy, I mean, he was literally like, he was smiling. Your team just lost. He he was smiling and, you know, talking about uh, the Rams and um, how they did and it's like, dude, I can't use this. You're smiling. I, I, they can't see that you're smiling, but they can hear that you're smiling. Your voice is smiling. Why are you smiling? You just lost three in a row. But I got to give you a little taste, so I, I'll do what I can. This is a different guy, but also, again, very upbeat, very, you know, ah, oh, shucks. Ah, oh, shoot. <laughs> just, whatever. Rams fans, man. Because this recap is going to be very simple. We got our asses kicked by a team that's just better than us. That's it. That's the whole thing. That, that was all I got. <laughs> got another little mini one. I, I, I just, I'm just giving you tastes. That's all I got.
This is JE Live, and uh, we're coming to you live off a of Rams uh, loss, their third straight. Getting to be something of a, a common event, I guess. Um, yeah, I have a lot of thoughts on this. Um, I'm a little ticked off. Actually, I'm really ticked off. First off, um, you know, the defense is not the greatest thing, okay? I've been seeing the comments. I know there's a lot of people that don't like the defense, and I get that. Um, and I personally wouldn't be playing the bend don't break or whatever style defense that they do play uh however um to get three straight stops and to come away with zero points on the offensive side uh just piss me the hell off to be honest with you um you know what it comes down to is this and i, I mean it's i'm gonna make this very simple to to digest so to speak um the rams offense is more of a problem than their, than their defense because at the end of the day, if they can't, you know, if they're not able to score, if they can't score, it doesn't freaking matter how many stops they get, okay? It just doesn't. It does not matter how many stops this team gets if they can't score. I mean, this offense has been abysmal. And look, Stafford threw 300-plus yards, three touchdowns. I mean, Henderson had 55 rushing yards. Cup had 96 uh, recept, you know, receiving yards. Jefferson 93. Odell had 81. It's not about in in total. It's about the end of the day. You know, it's abysmal in a sense that in situations where you have to succeed and you don't, like that's what we're talking about. And so, you know, first and foremost. I can't stress enough. Sean McVay's play calling is not good enough. It's not. His decision-making, however, is even worse. Somehow, the Rams decide to go for it on fourth down at their own 30 to start the game off, but then now that they're down by multiple scores in the fourth quarter, they opt to not do that twice. Um, Mind-blowing to me. Absolutely mind-blowing to punt it back twice. Uh, You ran out of possessions. You weren't going to be able to have an opportunity to win the game. Uh, no idea what you were thinking. Um, the onside kick, even if they got it, it was 16 seconds left. You know, I mean, it, it's just it's just not good enough. It, it's it's not good enough. This team isn't good enough. This team will not win a Super Bowl the way it's at right now. They ha- a lot of things have to change. That's good. It's hard. It's hard to cut off. Everything is, runs on to a new sentence. <laughs> so it's like want to let them finish their thought, but they never finish their thought. But. No, I just I I love this because again, it's 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 the ultimate in perspective. It really is. It's the ultimate in you know, we have our issues, we have our concerns, we have our our question marks. This is where other teams are at. This is and and this is where other teams that are considered contenders are at. The Packers don't have a ton of competition. A lot of the NFL is just not good. They're not expected to be playoff teams. And if they limp in, they're not going to expect it to do much, like the Eagles or whatever. Dallas, the Rams, these, these are the, the the competitors. And the Rams fans are looking at this like, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I know we can't win a Super Bowl the way we're playing. I know that for a fact. That's not even a question. He goes on to talk about... Next week isn't going to tell us anything because we play the Jaguars. So we either, we either we're going to lose, and then I don't know if we're going to win another game. It's his words. I would disagree, but those are his words, and I understand them. Or they win, and so what? That's not how we feel. And, and, and the, the, the great thing about this is I don't know if Packer fans as a whole have felt this way all year. 
there really hasn't been a moment, aside from maybe that, well, obviously week one, but that was week one. Maybe the Vikings game kind of shook some people up, but I don't know that there's been a moment where we look at it and go like, things have, things have just completely fallen apart and I'm worried. You know, we lost to the Chiefs without Aaron Rodgers. Oh, wow. And the defense completely shut them down, right? I mean, the Vikings game was about the only bad game we've had since week one. And, and even that was the game where the offense started to click. And now we've gone back-to-back 30-plus point games. So even that you can look at positively. And the defense more or less recovered the next week. So we're good. <laughs> we're good, son. So anyways, I think, I'll, I think I'll call it with the Rams. That about sums it up. Um, I'm glad to have found Jake Ellenbogen, the 85% LA Rams channel. That's, that's the name of the channel. Do what you will with that. I keep forgetting to uh, list the other, the other people. Um, but we'll move on. I'm sad we can't do the Bears this week. I feel like we get to do the Bears every week. That's one of my favorite ones to do. The Bears did end up winning. I wonder, I should check in on the Bears and just see. I, I, I'm going to do the Lions. And I'm going to check in on the Bears because I I wonder, having barely won 16-14, if they're still angry. We'll 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 check we'll check in on them. Anyways, let's do the let's do the Lions. Uh, you know, I almost feel bad even even bothering to mess with the Lions at all, but we got to do it. They're a division rival. Someday they may be good, and I'll you know when that time comes, I'm going to be mad at myself for going easy on them while we had the opportunity. They're not going to be this winless team forever. It might They might be winless for two, three, four, five years. I don't know. Who knows? But someday, they're going to win a game, and I'm going to regret not making fun of them while they were down. So here you go. The Detroit Lions lose at another field goal. It sucks. I don't like it. I hate it. I'm tired of losing. That was Mr. Micro Mike, just kind of... I mean, is there any reason to keep going? Is, is there any... Doesn't that kind of sum it up? We lose again, and I'm tired of losing. <laughs> what, what else can a Lions fan say? So I think with that, I am going to leave it at that. I, I went through a couple different things. Um, I, I, again, it's the reason why we need to check in on the Bears, because there was a, a, a certain level of optimism here, especially I checked in with uh, Dosa Dion. And um, I think he's right when he said, man, it really felt like we were going to win this game. It felt like we were the better team in this game, and it just kind of came down to some crazy ending and kind of stinks. But, you know, feels bad, but it felt good. And I think that's fair. And with that said, let's see how the Bears are doing. And I will say, the, the first guy I checked in was uh, Mr. Foz Sports Talk. And the, the, the funny, I'm not going to play his video because I listened to it. It's, it's not entertaining as far as um, being mad. But it is funny because the very next video after Chicago Bears defeat Detroit Lions is, when will the Chicago Bears fire Matt Nagy? <laughs> Who should the Chicago hire as their next coach? And then uh, will Chicago Bears fire Ryan Pace if they fire Nagy? There's a couple Bulls videos in between, but that's it. That's There's three videos about firing everybody after a video about winning. That's how you know you're doing great. But anyways, uh, we, we got a, we got a new, new show. Uh, this is the Chicago Audible, and they've got some thoughts on the game. Let's hear what they have to say. Down this Bears victory, 16-14 win over the Detroit Lions on Thanksgiving. Mason, it's finally over. The Bears have finally won a game. I know this was obviously... A very look, I'll put, I won't even sure it was boring. It was very, very boring. But how are you feeling? The Bears won. It's Thanksgiving. What's kind of your reactions after this game? Uh, after what halftime, I was a little surprised that they hadn't flexed this game to the Big Ten network just to get it off of you know national TV. Uh, if the Bears could play the Lions every week, you know, 
it would it'd be magical. Uh, the Lions, Lions, <laughs> the Bears, Bears, and apparently like that's enough to get a win. So it's not it's not the t- typical Chicago rage, but uh, at least there's there's an acknowledgement that this is it's it's kind of funny that we're calling this a win, right? We snapped our losing streak, so maybe we'll get some superstition going and say now that we got that monkey off our back, we're going to be okay. But there's no question that this was this was a trash football game by two trash teams that the Bears barely won. And they're, you know, again, laughing about it, saying, I guess we'll take credit for this. But anyways, we're going to go back to the Barroom Network. Uh, we've used them in the past. I've done interviews with Barroom. It's a great group of fellas. Let's see what they got to say. He's played, but in like one game with number six. So Yeah, another one of Ryan Pace's great, great uh, decisions, which is why this roster is depleted so much because he signs worn-out veterans. Even Jimmy Graham shouldn't be on this roster, costing this team $9 million. When you could be developing uh, uh, Jesper Horstead, what are you doing here, as Draft Dr. Phil would say? What are you doing? Anyways, the Chicago Bears won on Thanksgiving, and I'm complaining. I start the show by complaining, but that is because this is not sustainable. Management has to make major changes. And I'm happy Matt Nagy won, and I want everybody to win on this team. I want them to develop a winning culture. I don't want Cole Komet and David Montgomery to just be intoxicated with losing and not giving effort. This was good that they won. But don't make any mistake. The fact that the game was even this close was another indictment on Pace and Nagy. There it is right there, folks. That's what we're looking for. They're mad, and they're correct about being mad. But I'm just so happy that even on a week where the Bears win, the, so one bad thing about Bears-Lions is we don't get the opportunity to do a laughing at the enemy segment for all three of the teams in our division because somebody has to win, but nobody won this week. Lions lost, Vikings lost, and the Bears kind of still lost. But I, I don't think we can do this without coming over to our friends at the Tape Never Lies Network. Um, this is just this is this is the gift that keeps. I, I should almost skip this, go to the Vikings and come back. But um, man, I love this channel so much. Go subscribe to the Tape Never Lies. They've got eleven thousand six hundred subscribers. Let's get them to twelve thousand. All right. I just subscribed right now. I'm, I'm not even subscribed. Shame on me. I subscribed just now. But this is. I, I was just skipping around. I'm 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 gonna go back and find. <laughs> I'm just curious because I didn't know if this was a live stream. And I'm like, oh no, it's only two hours. That wouldn't be a live stream. Um, but they're listening to, this is right smack dab in the middle. I'm at uh, 41 minutes in. Pre- uh, Matt Nagy is doing a post-game press conference, and they're listening in. So this is the first thing I found on this video. It's just hilarious. Here, just here you go. But what you do is you, you use it when you go home on that plane tonight. Everyone's having a good time because they're able to celebrate. Who, who's having a good time with four fucking wins? Get, get Are you kidding me? And, and a kneel down with a field goal kicker. Matters is Arizona coming up. Are you it. kidding me? You know, so. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is exactly what we're looking for. But I am going to leave it at that. But he he's, I mean, he goes on. It's a two-hour video. If you, if you want to listen to two hours of just uh, a Bears fan being furious about a win over the Lions, uh, go check it out. But we got a new video here, a new channel. This is Minnesota Vikings Man 28. Um, he's going to give us his thoughts about the Minnesota Vikings effort Intensity, resolve, and determination against the San Francisco 49ers. Here we go. We should have lost by more. We did not deserve to even be in this game. All right, thank you for that commentary. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. 
That was Minnesota Vikings man 28. But here is, I think, the second um, second time we've had Purple Daily, a Minnesota Vikings podcast, on another very, very good podcast. Um, I think it's one of the, the top ones among Vikings fans. I've seen they have an actual podcast podcast that a lot of Vikings fans listen to. Uh, and I can see why they do a good job. But they also are quite, especially the guy to my right, I've noticed. Um, I, I think I took like a bunch of clips the last time we did this from, from this podcast. But it's good stuff. Let's see what they got to say. Um, it's an incredibly disappointing loss because it, it was a game that was right there and it was a tough game, but it's the exact type of game that good teams win. And uh, before we start to blame the officials, let me say this. God helps those who help themselves. And the Vikings did not help themselves one bit today. Uh, we knew that the defense was, was going to be suspect with the entire starting defensive line out. So it was not surprising that they could not stop the run. Uh, but this was a game in which your offense, and I guess in particular, your quarterback had to be outstanding all day long. And you had to have a ability to strike back uh, with touchdowns, not not with um, not with field goals, but with touchdowns. And you had to do it consistently. And you were going to have to overcome a lot of difficult obstacles. And the Vikings, in the end, had that chance. I mean, they definitely did. They got the, the ball back. The missed field goal by Gould gave them a perfect chance, and they couldn't do it. So this was the exact type of game that really can define your team. And, and like, if you have truly turned a corner, yeah. this this was the game. And uh, Kirk Cousins didn't play well enough. The Vikings probably weren't well coached in, enough. And so I don't want to hear the excuses. Um, this was this this felt like the Vikings were down by two touchdowns, and they weren't. They had a chance. They, they did not come through, and uh, that is disappointing because if you really had turned a corner, I think this is the type of game that you win. I think I, I actually think that is a fantastic point because there there are question marks about the Vikings. The Vikings are one of those teams that, and I we, this is why a lot of Packer fans were worried about that game, not just because they're a division rival. Like a lot of us are going to be worried about the Lions game, not because they're good, but because we, they just play us tough. This was different because you know they have talent. You knew the Vikings had talent. You knew Kirk Cousins was white hot. You knew that the wide receivers were scary. You know Dalvin's a good player. You know that the offensive line is barely improved. I mean, they're still bad, but they're improved over what they have been in the past, and what they have been in the past is a scary team. You know they got guys along the defensive line that are scary. You know they still got Harrison Smith and a few other weapons. So the question with the Vikings is, are they ever going to turn a corner? And so when they get a win, especially a big win against the Green Bay Packers, that's the question. Was this just a one-off? Because everybody wins games sometimes, unless you're the Lions, right? Some Even bad teams beat good teams sometimes. So stuff happens. On, on some level, every game is a roll of the dice. It's just a matter of what are the odds, right? Packers-Vikings, the odds are in the Packers' favor, but it's pretty close to 50-50, whereas, you know, if you had, you know, Packers, uh, I would say Packers-Lions, but that's a bad example because the Lions are tough against the Packers. I don't know, Arizona and the, and the Lions. The Lions have a chance. It's still a roll of the dice, but it's kind of like you got three dice and it needs to come up, you know, three sixes. It could happen. It's not impossible. All right. So the point is that was that was pretty close to a 50-50 game, but they weren't supposed to win. And and again, it's if you're a good team, you can win that game. And they did beat the Packers and kudos. But now it's the 49ers. The 49ers are not as good as the Packers, but they're still a formidable opponent. And it's the kind of team where, kind of like I've been talking about with the Packers, you need to not just be able to win games and stack you know, you're, you get your record up. You got to win games that matter. On some level, you have to prove you're a playoff team. Can you prove you're a playoff team? 
this was a, it's not even a playoff game, but it's just, a, again, a matter of where do you have the mental resolve? Do you have the toughness? Can you win back-to-back games? Can you win games against teams that are halfway competent? You did it once. Can you do it twice? Can you break the stigma of losing these close games, losing games that you shouldn't be losing and that you should be winning? And the answer was no. But anyways, I, I got to end with uh, my friends over here at One Bar in Lepagus. It's always kind of awkward because I know that they know that I do this. I don't know if anybody else knows that I do this, but I know they know that I know that they know that I do this. So I feel a little bit uncomfortable doing it, but I'm going to do it anyways. It's all in good fun. And again, please go subscribe. I'm already subscribed to this one, so I don't, I don't have to re-remember that. But uh, go give them your support. Very talented, very hardworking. And uh, they, they, they gifted me, probably not on purpose, but, but in the back of my mind, I can't help but think that there's, this, was, this was just a gift just for, just for our audience because they love us so much. Because this is the greatest intro ever. Here is One Bar in Lepagus, um, their first words after their loss to the San Francisco 49ers. Welcome back to the One Bar in Lepagus show. I am Lepagus, and we are losers today. Minnesota Vikings lost to the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, losers. <laughs> I don't know if you caught it or not. Maybe go back and listen to it. But One Bar jumping in with the uh, at the very end, yeah, we're losers. Just... <laughs> Something only a Packers fan could appreciate, but um, watching, and again, go watch the video because obviously there's more here, but also watching a very grumpy Vikings fan in a Vikings Santa Claus hat open his show by saying, we are losers. <laughs> it really is. It's like, it's, it's, it's magical. It is, it is like Christmas miracles just raining down from heaven, which I think I'm kind of conflating different uh, storylines here, but we're going to run with that. And I, I'll be honest. I don't think uh, I don't. I don't know if we can top that. I'm, I'm going to leave it with the Vikings fans saying we're losers. I got to get going. This is literally taking me four hours to do this episode. So uh, sorry for it getting out late. But um, this is this is how it this is how it has to be. It's worth it though. It's worth four hours to put this together. But you guys have yourselves a great whatever day it is. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye bye.